What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to an all-new episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. This is episode 19. Woo! One more till the big 2 Yeah. I'm your host for this episode. My name is Aaron. Alongside me is Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello. And just want to give a shout-out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. And if you want more episodes, if you want more content from the, M- from the MCU Exchange, you can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash the MCU Exchange. Join the discussion over our, at our Twitter. That's twitter.com slash MCU Exchange. And you can also watch your, a sense of MCU nostalgia at our YouTube account. That's youtube.com slash MCU Exchange. So let's get right on it. Last week, we had a lot of news, a lot of rumors, a lot of speculations. Surprise, surprise, this week, we don't have any, just one. <laughs> and now, this is not going, I, it, it's awkward to call this the rundown because there's only one news. So I'm not gonna co- going to call it the rundown, guys. We only have one news, and it's uh, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.-centric news. It's been revealed this week that Patton Oswalt is returning as Agent Koenig in, in the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Joe, with us, you know, with you being a big fan of Agents of Shield, what do you think is the role <laughs> of Patton Oswalt in the upcoming season? So my big hope is, is that considering him playing every potential version of Koenig that was around, uh, it makes sense for him to be an ancestor. So it kind of be a nice, nice way to tie their family line into the founding of Shield. I'm, I'm really interested if. You know, there were some fun theories that say, oh, what if he's an L&D? And I mean, on one side, yes, the Koenigs were involved with that project. But on the other side, it makes no sense, given that we're in the 1930s. But I started to realize what would be, and this this is just a theory, we are introduced to Agent Coulson as an L&D at, at, at the end of last season. Yeah. And what if this version of Koenig finds out and dedicates his family, his life to finding out how to create that technology. And so the Coulson going back in time is also the escalation of why the Koenigs are such big researchers on LMDs. Yeah, and that's very interesting. This would mean that the episode that Patton Oswalt will be on serves as the birth of the LMDs, or the idea of the LMDs. Yeah. Right? Charles, what do you think? Uh, with, the, with the concept of LMDs, do you think that this will carry over to the film side of the MCU moving forward in Phase 4 or maybe Phase 5? LMDs. Mm-hmm. Well, LMD is a very, very shield thing. Even even in the comics, the whole the whole notion of introducing LMDs was a very spy sixties thing from Jim Steranko. So, well, because it's such a shield thing, like I don't even know if it should exist in something like the movies where it could undermine a lot of a lot of character stuff. Like you know, imagine how annoying it would be if. You know, you get a cool sort of character moment, and then surprise, surprise, he's a robot. It's kind of like, then mm-hmm. why should I, why should I even give a fuck about about something mm-hmm. like character development if you can easily, you know, hand wave it off with L and D? So I hope um it doesn't become a regular staple. I hope the, you know, as a fan, I kind of want to see it get addressed like like an Easter egg or something like Tony's Easter egg in Avengers. In, um, in Avengers, yeah. Yeah. That those kinds of references are fine, but you know I'm I'm sort of apprehensive in in having LMDs as a major part of the story. So yeah. you know I hope it just ends with maybe the Koenigs in in Patton Oswald. They just served as the TV version, you know. They're, they're just com- they're just there in the TV version of the MCU 
I yeah. don't know. It's really connected mm. to the MCU. <laughs> mm, yeah. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe this might this might be the season that it will finally connect to the MCU. You know, uh, we, we we don't know, but th- there are potential theories and speculations going around social media about that, and we're about to find out because Agents of Shield is set to premiere on May twenty seventh, two weeks from now, and it will be exciting. It will be an exciting yeah. time travel feel time tra- travel feel kind of season and now since that's the only news that we have for the rundown it's really awkward to call it the rundown <laughs> we're now moving over to the main part of the segment it's called the exchange we're going to talk about all the latest speculations rumors and the best and the worst of the mcu and now our topic for the exchange is the best and worst episodes of marvel tv and when we say marvel tv Encompass everything like the Netflix shows, Agents of Shield, you know, um, Agent Carter. Yeah, we can include that. So, who wants to go first? Charles, what is your best? Uh, let's start with best. What's your best episode? Uh, no, let's start mm. with worst. Sorry, worst, worst oh, first, and then go to the best after. The worst episode. You can give one or two. Just go. So, for my worst, like, I can't even remember what season it is or what episode count it is or. or even the just the, the the tiny specifics of the episode, but I do remember hating an Agents of Shield episode when when um what's his name uh Daisy's dad when when Daisy's dad tries to recruit a team of supervillains and they're like <laughs> oh god they're like, the, they're like the worst thing ever and they like fight on a football field and you know it's just like one of the worst it's just one of the most embarrassing things I've seen in the MCU. You know, I think it's. I think the name is like, like, Cal's, like Sharp Talons or something like that. I forgot what the fuck, what the fuck the name was, but it was so bad. The supervillains are bad. The powers are pretty bad. The lady had like, bad. The lady with the nails. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the lady with the. I think they were they were like scissor hands or something. It was like, yeah. god damn, what kind of fucking show is this? And yeah, so I think so so far that's only. Terrible episode I have in my head, but I mean, who can forget the final episode of Iron Fist when they unveil the dragon, oh. only for it to be oh, literally yeah. emergency land. That was pretty bad. I mean, Iron Fist has a lot of bad episodes, and I'm sure in humans because it's from Scott Buck. But you know, for me, that episode of Agents of Shield sort of takes the cake and sort of like the cringiest moments in the MCU for me. These shows produce a lot of cringy moments. I'm gonna delve onto that later. <laughs> that's it, Charles. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's far as I can remember. That's the worst for me. Okay, Joe, how about you? What's the worst episode for you? No, knowing that you're a full fan of the show, <laughs> Ages of Shield. So, uh, ironically, it's for Ages of Shield. It's the same episode for me. <laughs> it oh, was really. The, well, it, it was that. It was the tie between that or the lackluster, super advertised Secret Warriors episode. Because it, the thing is, I as as much as I love Ages of Shield, because they do a lot right. They have those moments where they you see that they can't really do more, and they tr- and they try to work within the budget they have, and they just miss the mark completely. And because it was just <laughs> the the episode with the with the lady, like her, she literally just her superpowers. She has nails drilled into her finger her fingernails it's just a blade which you can easily remove (laughs) (laughs) 
Like she she's under some kind of watch, and no one just screws that out. And the other episode with the Secret Warriors, it was more of a disappointment because I'm a huge fan of the Secret Warrior storyline. Mm-hmm. When they introduced Chloe Bennett's uh, character becoming Quake, I was like, that's a really cool concept. That would have been a good way to give S.H.I.E.L.D. their superhero team, pretty much. That kind of Because everyone complained in season one, there's no super-powered characters, where are they? And they were slowly building up, and then we had Yo-Yo, and then we had a random character with Lincoln, and then they're like, oh, the Secret Warriors. But instead of you know using Absorbing Man, who was in the season... Or any other characters, they just kind of went, oh, we have three characters, and this is our secret warriors. But there was no there was no reason why they had the name. There was no secret operation. It was just randomly advertised. It was advertised as secret warriors, and that was the only connection it had to the comics because two of the characters were from that comic. But I have to say, I had the exact same feeling with the Iron Fist episode. I think, I don't remember, something about Immortal Emerges or something in the first season where they introduce a, the bride of nine spiders in like the worst way yeah. possible. That, that yeah. because that was exactly the same thing. It was it's a cool concept of a character, and they just you see that they didn't have the budget to do it. But instead of making the good decision of saying let's not do it, they screwed over the character and the potential. They try to bring in one of the most iconic runs of of the Immortal Iron Fist, the the tournament aspect, and had him fight in a dingy warehouse. It was the weirdest decision I've seen. <laughs> that, that, that's your worst episode? I, I think the, they're both pretty much on par for me. The episode that Charles already mentioned in the Iron Fist episode. Well, for, for me, uh, uh, to be honest, I, I haven't watched the Iron Fist show yet. <laughs> it's season one. You. Yeah, so I saved myself. I, say, I saved myself. Right? I, I saved myself from yeah. that. Yeah. From that torture, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I'm just going to pick uh, my worst episodes of Agents of Shield, and I say um, episodes because probably for me the worst stretch for Agents of Shield. I don't know if Joe will agree with me. Is the first half of season one when they're trying to find the footing, oh, trying to find yeah. their footing. Yeah, you know, they're trying to establish themselves yeah. as how can we separate ourselves to the MCU? Uh, we're just, we're, we're just, you know, we're just a show about a bunch of Shield agents. Well, for me, the worst episode is probably episode two. 084, uh, the, the second episode of season one. Uh, it's a given that you no, know, they're they're trying to find their footing. But during that episode, I just saw, I just witnessed how they're how they're they're struggling to you know establish themselves as what kind mm-hmm. of show are we? Are we going to deal with alien tech or going to deal with the espionage aspect of the she- of the shield agency? You know, they're, they're they're trying to they're trying hard during that episode, and yeah. it's it's uh, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to watch, and um, but but uh, but on, on the flip side, we've uh, they've given a new uh, term for us to think about the 084, the object of unknown origin. But that that's only the plus side of the episode. Uh, the rest yeah. of the episode was really a struggle for me to watch. That that's for me. That's for my own opinion. Yeah, the first season was tough to get through at some point. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I was I was I was reminding myself that. This is connected to the MCU. You know, Nick Fury showed up in the in the first half. Okay, this is connected to the MCU. I'll try to finish it. I'll try to watch it. I'll try to get a sense of where are they going? Where 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 will this direction go? And yeah, it's really hard for me to watch in the first half of the but season. I think what was also really not in in Agents of Shield's favor is that they couldn't really communicate a lot what they were doing. 
And then everyone, like, up to the premiere was like, oh, you know, the, the character introduced in the first episode is going to be Luke Cage. Uh, because he had the superpowers. But then it was yeah, just yeah. kind of no one until much later it was like, oh, we're doing Deathlock now, which came out of nowhere. And then you had the, the Society of Red Masks that everyone's like, oh, is this like a, a cool concept with Red Skull and his following? But then it was just some random rich dude using like, a military force to get a package away. It's like, okay. Yeah. They and also really that, did not know what they were hitting. Yeah. And also that Graviton reveal at the first season, which paid off at season season five. Oh, season five or six. That was a yeah. long payoff, Joe. <laughs> And they didn't even get the actor back. I mean, I have to say one thing. Uh, I was always... A, that was like the episode that shifted for me, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. The the one where they reveal Graviton being a potential. And yeah. it, it did annoy me that they did nothing with it until the last season. And even then, it was kind of a... They slowly introduced it. And I, I liked the turn they did. But I feel bad for the actor they got to play the original character who just got completely shafted and it just became someone else got his powers because he just absorbed in it. <laughs> yeah. There's no real payoff during that. It's really sad. Yeah. But uh, we're not, we're now shifting to, from sad, we're not shifting to happy. We're not shifting to the best episodes of Marvel TV. <laughs> Charles, have at it. What's your best episode? Ooh, well, it's, it's a no, it's, it's, it comes to, as a non-surprise to, to anyone that it's from Daredevil, but you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I, it's kind of hard for me to pick. But I'll, I'll, here, here are my top three favorite episodes of Daredevil. Yeah, sure. the, the pilot episode into the ring is one of the best pilots mm. out there of any show in general. It gets the tone right. It gets the introduction perfect. Um, the action is great. The the intrigue of the plot is great and whatnot. And you know, even even the way the the episode ends is pretty fantastic, and you know also how it sets up the rest of, the rest of the season is pretty amazing. And another episode that I really like is the episode where they introduce Stick, because yeah, you know I'm such a huge fan of that, that aspect of Daredevil, all the mystical stuff. I in many ways I sort of like the mystical aspect of Daredevil more than the crime stuff, even though the crime stuff is it's pretty untouchable, but. Mm-hmm. You know, once you get into like occult, esoteric ninja shit, I'm fucking in. And you know, the way they sort of teased Black Sky and whatnot was pretty amazing. The way how Stick, you know, interacts with Matt Murdock, their dynamic, their relationship is pretty amazing. It's unfortunate that all the good stuff that I really love didn't pay off in any satisfying way with season two and and defenders, but when they look back at watching that episode for the first time, Stick is talking about the hand. It's fucking. It, it absolutely blew my mind. Um, and also the third favorite episode I like is from season three, episode six, where we see Bullseye destroy the what 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 um what newspaper publication is this? Daily Bulletin. Uh yeah. Basically, when Bullseye massacres that entire office, that was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I got to watch yeah, that, that in France. I had like a, a bunch of friends sort of lent me their screeners. So I got to watch it like 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 three months ahead, and watching that for the very first time absolutely made me stand up, st- stand up from my seat, and just shout at what was fucking happening. I thought when 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 Bullseye hurls that Billy Club 
towards Foggy. I legit thought he was going to die. And then Matt steps in, and they have, like, a pretty kick-ass fight, and it's fucking amazing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bunch of Daredevil episodes, but when I look back and think about them, it kind of makes me want to revisit the show, even though I really, really hate the episode count. I really hate the 13 episodes. You can cut, like, two, three episodes from the season. It, it would be perfect, but overall, Daredevil did a lot of fucking amazing shows. Uh, episodes, rather. That, mm. that, that, that merits for me the best episodes of Marvel TV. Yeah. Daredevil has a lot of cool moments and cool episodes. Yeah. It's, it's sad that you mm-hmm. canceled it. You have to wait for it to show up in the MCU. I hope it shows, shows up in the MCU soon. Before we go to Joe, Charles, I have a question. Where do you want to see Daredevil in MCU? Do you want, to, do you want him to be featured in his own film? Or do you want him to show up first in a major film? Oh, uh, I want him to be in his own film. Yeah, he, just like Blade. Just like Blade, and you know, it's films have a different prestige than TV, let alone a fucking solo film. It's 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 different than like you know you can say oh Daredevil has his own show. It's different when you say Daredevil has his own movie. Yeah. Even though the, the Ben Affleck movie wasn't all that amazing, it had a lot of good stuff going on for it. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I kind of wish he he gets his own movie rather than like I'd rather see him debut in a solo movie than him showing up in say Spider Man. I mean, I would love to see Marvel Studios try smaller budget films with characters that are more on Earth to give them more time to shine as well, because we've yeah. gotten so big that it's it's a good balance to bring that in. Like when when they're showing the slate, they will like to separate it from the Earth-based heroes, Earth-based adventures to the cosmic-based adventures in yeah. the future. So, you're up. What's your best episode or episodes in Marvel TV? So, uh, I I hope I got I'm not combining episodes, but it would be for me. It's also what it's two ep- two different shows or two episodes. One is also Daredevil. Cutman, I think, was an episode name. Mm-hmm. I, I have an extreme soft, I have an extreme soft spot for like father son stories. So just seeing like how his father defined him, and then that building up to that final incredibly one shot action sequence was just also the the like the best way they could have done this show. Like after the first one, which was already such a great pilot, to lead into that was like okay, this show is going somewhere. Yeah. And it's 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 really like the the thing is I just find the the story because the the thing is is that where I think Daredevil does get a little it tries to focus on on Foggy and Karen a lot which you know you can only really do with the with a show rather than a film because you don't have the time and it's great but when they focus on Matt Murdock it's just such an incredibly done story and they try to go into his psyche and they utilize I think some of the best shots I've seen in a in some TV shows in a while. And I, I just love how they utilize his costume with everything. That shot, just that last action sequence, is so iconic. That I love that it became a staple for the entire franchise. That every season had that one shot, and then they upped it every single time. And I, I almost felt like if it weren't for the the father elements and just the story elements, my favorite fight sequence is the one from season two where he has the gun taped to his hand. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Like- that's absolutely, that's like, for me, that surpasses, I think most fighting, I think it's better even than the bullseye fight in the Daily Bulletin, mm-hmm. because 
even just like thematically and symbolically, it's him descending into hell. That's yeah. basically it's him going down, and you know, it, it's it's just so fucking amazing how he uses the chain, how he pretend he, he he even tries to shoot the gun just to mess with the mess with the goons, and it's just so amazing. It's such a great sequence, and it's it's that's the thing. Like Daredevil has so many iconic. Like let's be honest, Daredevil kind of carried the entire Netflix concept. And it was sad to kind of see that it it got muddled over time, especially how Iron Fist ended up being. Like I still think Iron Fist season one wasn't bad per se, but it wasn't great or good either. And it's just sad to see that the the rest of the shows couldn't really hold up because I think Jessica Jones and Daredevil season one were really pushing down on on how great these stories can be. I think even Luke Cage season one had some great moments until last half kind of devolved into something else. But I did say I had a second episode, and I have to say that I have to add an honorary mention from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is I love the episode What They Become. The one where uh, Daisy, who we all were wondering who the hell she is, <laughs> becomes an inhuman. Yeah. A uh, sky. I always, I always get mixed up with Sky before <laughs> she became Daisy. And I think that was a, that was a great episode because, it, yeah. first of all, it finally paid off whatever mystery her name was supposed to be. Because at the beginning, it was like, is this really a mystery? Oh, okay. Is this, I just thought her name was Sky and just ran with it. Yeah. But it, it was a great, and I just one of my favorite characters does the ultimate sacrifice, and it was a it was a very well done show. It actually gave us as a as a mid season point. It also gave us one of my favorite uh, TV teaser ever, where she's like locked up and you see everything vibrating around her. And on that same episode, uh, I, mean, I mean, I don't know if is it's in the same episode. That's also where the agent, the, another agent died, right? Trip, Trip, yeah, died. Yeah. Yeah, Trip, yeah, Trip died. died. Who was a huge fan favorite? Yeah, huge fan favorite. Missed that guy. <laughs> I hope he, I hope he shows up in the final season. Time travel is present, so responsibility. Sure knows. I kind of hope he gets a, a bigger role than some show because that guy had charisma. <laughs> he was really yeah. good. I think we can do an episode where where we theorize who might show up in Ooh. season seven. We can do that. Yeah, maybe in the next few weeks. True. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, my turn. Yeah, my turn. Um, I'll be honest, I'll, I have not chosen any episodes from Netflix shows because my memory is blurry. Because I only watched it like one time, like one sweep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna. I have two actually. I have two favorite episodes from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that up to this day I remember all the details. <laughs> it's it's ironic because it came from season one, the same mm. season that I destroyed earlier. So, <laughs> so, but the thing is, on one of my top two, second one before we go to top one, my top two is tracks. Remember that episode, Joe, season one, episode thirteen, where they all are all in the train to Stanley oh, yeah. I love that was a, a great one. Yeah, as a graduate of Bachelor of Arts in Communication, I love their way of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Showing it from different perspectives. Yeah. And show, showing it from it different It was the first one that broke the mold, though. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It was the first one. It was the first one. And then it was the first time seeing their characters more fleshed out. You know, um, mm. by having to improvise, have having to disguise themselves, having to go undercover in, one, in, in a train. And then the storytelling is great. You know, the storytelling... 
storytelling is great. It, it, it's uh, shifted in character's perspective and the emotion at the end of the episode where Sky was shot by Ian Quinn. And then you see them uh, panicking. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then you see them at the end of the, at the, end of the episode, you see them as a family for the first time, actually. Yeah. In that episode. Way too really, late. <laughs> yeah, way too late. 13 episodes in, you see that chemistry. Imagine that. <laughs> But but I love that episode. That that I I up to this day I still watch it, some clips of it, you know, just to remind me how great that episode is. But moving on to my top one, my best episode in Age of Shield was season one, episode seventeen. It's entitled uh, Turn Turn Turn, which is oh. has a direct tie-in to Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That episode shifted the show's ratings, shifted the show's interest among fans. It shifted everything. So that show gave a lot. <laughs> like, imagine when you're watching Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and then the, that Hydra reveal, and then for a for a fan of Agents of Shield like me, at the uh, at the top mm. of my mind, my first thought was, "Oh shit! So what's the show of what, what's what will this?" Agents of Shield be named now because they're not Shield anymore. <laughs> so, and that hyper reveal is a, it's a literal turning point. It's a turning point of the show. Many fans would agree that that, that is the turning point of the show. Um, it has it is the first connection of really the not the first. I mean, it has the heaviest connection of the show to the film series of the MCU. Yeah. And you start to question yourself: Who else is Hydra? Like, who else is? Uh, when you when you rewatch past episodes, you just you just have a thought of yourself: Oh, that's why he did that. Okay, that's why it happened, right? When you rewatch for past episodes, like it finally makes sense because of turn, turn, turn. I remember during that time back mm-hmm. in 2014, I remember some fans are like literally saying that Natasha will show up. Because, as you can recall, the the line turn 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 is what Natasha said during Avengers, right? <laughs> during the True, battle, yeah. battle in New York, and the, the, there's those uh, fan theories that Natasha will show up, blah, blah, blah. and um, and also there's the, there's this running theory that when May called the direct line of Nick Fury, that Steve Rogers was the was was at the other end of the line, like he was the one <laughs> telling May. But those those are just fan theories, but there's no confirmation in that. But yeah, and uh, I think that's the, also the same ep- the same episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's, it's correct uh, the same episode that had that occurred at the same time as Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah. So, so they, as, that was yeah. the that was the biggest problem I think the show faced is that they had to waste times until their seventeenth episode yeah. for the big twist. And that kind of I, I in a way I think that also screwed the show in the beginning because they couldn't really focus on anything. But yeah. but yeah, they timed it, and I have to respect that though. They had to go out of their way to get the episode listing when the movie aired. That it's exactly the same week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. And nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. No. That that twist to Captain America: Winter Soldier, because uh, nobody saw that coming. And also here in Age of Shield, they knew that the Hydra reveal was coming, but they don't know which agent is Hydra. That's a twist. <laughs> Were you heartbroken, Joe, when you when Agent Ward was revealed to be an Hydra agent? 
Uh, I I actually kind of loved it because I thought at first it's like it, the most of the episode you go oh so it's just okay everyone else is bad and they have to survive and then it's like oh it's one among them now yeah. that's interesting and let's be honest like Grant Ward was the best candidate so on one side I was like this really makes sense but I also liked how he has a connection to the main villain of the season which gave it a little bit more nuance. So I, I think it was a great choice, even though I just think it's ironic how much of a villain Ward became because he just would not go away. <laughs> yeah. But, but before we end, um, I have a question for you guys. I just thought of this just, just now, literally. Charles uh, and Joe, uh, Charles first. What do mm-hmm. you think, given that I've pointed out earlier that, you know, that, that me and Joe pointed out earlier that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a show like burdened by MCU movies because, you know, it's hard timeline-wise, it's hard storyline-wise. Do you think that the Disney Plus shows will experience that or it will be more of a symbiotic relationship now because Kevin Feige is the head of both? Oh, oh it's going to be way easier. First off, the mm. Disney Plus shows don't have 22 episodes. They don't have to wait 17 episodes to tie in. <laughs> yeah. um, they only have six. Some of them have eight. You know, I'm sure... I would be I wouldn't be surprised if some of them even have like five episodes to to the season. So it's it's obviously more more connected and more more cohesive. It's tighter and it's not gonna be as as um, loose as Ages of Shield for sure. Same on my side. I think the best thing is is that they have someone because we know that there was more to this Marvel TV problem than just uh, communicating. They did get a lot of assets. They did communicate with Marvel Studios, but it was quite obvious that the Marvel TV shows, even on Netflix, weren't in any way uh, important to Feige. And he he kind of avoid, which makes it ironic that the only show that he, I think he was the executive producer on, which was Agent Carter, is the only one that actually has an official connection in somewhat. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be much smoother. And I think to some degree that Kevin Feige has, he's very good at making long-term plans that he's going to have a way to balance out this TV show, a movie thing where the TV shows lead more into the films and vice versa. Because I mean, Disney plus can literally get actors that normally would be way too expensive for, for TV. Plus, you know, they can determine what weeks will it release and in what grow. This isn't primetime television where you have September until May or summer release. This is, we're going to release this when we want to, when it fits, you know, depending on what happens right now in this scenario, but still they have way more freedom than before. Plus the episodes can be as long as they want to. I mean, Mandalorian has episodes that are like 30 minutes long and others that are almost an hour. So they're way more flexible as, as well with how they handle that. And they had the freedom to do so. And so it's more, it's more of like a symbiotic relationship. It's, it's no. entirely different from the Netflix shows, from Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it will be a, a win-win for the fans moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. Those are exchange. How about you guys? What are your best and worst episodes of a Marvel TV show? Please do tweet to us at twitter.com slash mcexchange. You can also comment that when we post the podcast link on Facebook at facebook.com slash the mcexchange. Or you can just, you know, head up, head over to our channels, at YouTube channel, comment there. That's MCU Exchange. And also, just one last shout out to our listeners over at Spotify. At Anchor, Google Podcast Breakers, we appreciate you listening to our ramblings about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron Shino. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. Good follow me at TFS You can also follow Joe. At that bell, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. 
awesome. And now, at that, on that note, we've come to an end of episode 19. But there's another episode coming up next week. Thank you for listening to the MCU Exchange Podcast. Bye, guys. Always keep safe. Bye. 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 Bye.